Now, my Bible reading this evening is taken from the first book of Samuel. And I want to read from Samuel chapter 1, from verse 1 right through to verse 18. And I invite you to open your Bible and to join with us in the reading of the Scriptures. And remember, the Bible exhorts us to give attention to reading. And it even has a blessing. It says, blessed is he that readeth the words of the prophecy of this book. Now, next week in the will of God, we may return to our studies in Daniel. Uh, but for this week, given that it's Mother's Day and this is Mothering Sunday, I want us to read this portion of Holy Scripture. Let us hear the word of the Lord. I'm reading, of course, from the authorized version, a most reliable and faithful translation of the word of God. Let's hear the word of the Lord together. Now, there was a certain man of Ramathim Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Paniah. And Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Elam, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Paniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord. I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. 
And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Could I encourage you to remember our online broadcast as we continue? It is hoped that we'll be able to broadcast online the Wednesday night Bible study. And we will notify you of that by a post on our website. And also then do remember our online broadcast next Lord's Day, 11.30 in the morning and 7 p.m. at night. Now, just are well aware of the situation that's facing the land at the moment. And we're thankful for you as a congregation gathering to listen to the online broadcast. And in this way, of course, we can continue our biblical and pastoral ministry. We have put a statement up on the website on behalf of our church session. And we encourage you to listen to that if you haven't already. And we pray indeed that we'll, before the Lord, be remembered. And the Lord will have mercy upon us and visit our land and visit our hearts and our homes in these days. Let's go to unite together in a word of prayer and we look to the Lord as we turn now to the Holy Scriptures. Eternal God and loving Father, we thank you again for thy precious word. We acknowledge that thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Lord, thy word is sweeter than honey, even sweeter than a honeycomb to our taste. We're thankful, Lord, that we've esteemed thy word even more precious than gold or fine gold. We're thankful, Lord, that thy word indeed uh, gives light and understanding to those that search and to those that want to know spiritual instruction for their soul. And we pray, Lord, that thou will be pleased like the psalmist as we pray. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Lord, we need to hear from heaven. We need thee to speak to us again. We need a thus saith the Lord. We heard thee speaking this morning about comfort to our heart. Living, O oh God, in the comfort of the gospel. And we pray that will be the testimony and the experience of every true believer at this time. Now, Lord, past blessings will not suffice for now. And we ask thee to undertake for us. Come and help us, we pray. Come and minister to us by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit illuminate the secret page. And may it please thee to let thy word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Give instruction and counsel now. Cleanse me in the blood. Come and quicken by the Holy Spirit. And Lord, clothe with strength and wisdom for the handling of the word of life tonight. Let thy word be received as a word from the Lord and be a blessing, especially to all who hear it. Even the dear unsaved and any cold or backslidden individual may be brought into a right relationship again with thyself. Hear and answer prayer, for we ask it tonight for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now, my text tonight is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. The word of God says, And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And I want us to think tonight 
of the lifestyle of a godly mother. Today, as knowing across the English-speaking world as Mother's Day, or as they call it in the United States, Mothering Sunday. And in this day, every year, we focus especially on the subject of motherhood and the great work that mothers do in making the home and raising children. It was Lord Shaftesbury who said, Give me a generation of godly Christian mothers, and I will undertake to change society in 12 months. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about mothers and motherhood. The word mother is mentioned many times in the Holy Scriptures. And many of these mothers that are mentioned were good, gracious, godly mothers who did a great work for God. And of all the mothers that we read about in the Holy Scriptures, I believe there was none so good and godly and gracious as Hannah. Hannah, of course, was the mother of the prophet Samuel. And I believe that Hannah, out of all the godly mothers in the Bible, stands forth, stands out as a shining example of the lifestyle of a godly mother. Now, of course, in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, the scriptures supply us with all the information we need to know about Hannah, what she was like and what she said and did. The Bible sets forth Hannah as a most godly woman, a woman filled with a wonderful spirit of graciousness, a good woman, a woman who generously gave herself and then her son unto the Lord. Now we're first introduced to Hannah in the scriptures and we discover that she was a broken hearted and burdened woman. Even though she was married to a man called Elkanah who loved her, she was childless. She had no children. And this was a great stigma in those days. She also faced the anguish of having a tormentor in the home in the guise of Paniah, uh, her husband's other wife. And yet amazingly, Hannah did not live in despair or live in fear. She took her burden to the Lord. The Bible tells us in Psalm 55, verse 22, cast thy burden on the Lord and he shall sustain thee. And in her darkest hour and in her battles in her life, in her bitterness of soul and terrible torment where her home was really like a literal hell on earth, in those times, she learned the secret of turning to the Lord and she came to the Lord in an attitude of prayer and she poured out her burden to the Lord. Now, if I was to begin to list all the many fine qualities and characteristics in Hannah's life, it would take me quite a long time. But I believe tonight that I am, could not find a more godly woman than Hannah as she revealed in the Bible. Now, think with me tonight of the lifestyle of a godly mother. And I want to state three things. First of all, think of the salvation of a godly mother. Hannah was a saved woman. She knew and loved the Lord personally. She enjoyed a personal relationship with the living and the true God of heaven and earth. She could testify of a time in her life where she entered into a real, organic, saving relationship with the Lord himself. Now, how do I know that? Well, look at your Bible. Look at verse 11. Look at the times in the verse that it mentions the words, thine 
handmaid. Three times it says in verse 11, thine handmaid. She's talking to the Lord. Here's how Hannah described herself. Thine handmaid. She knows in her heart of hearts that she belongs to the Lord. In fact, she says to Eli in verse 16, Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. In other words, don't count me as an ungodly person. I am different from the worldly man or the worldly woman. I am different from the ungodly. I I am one that knows the Lord. I I have an intimate personal relationship with the Lord. Now, I want you to see that. I want you to grasp that. Here's the first quality and characteristic in the lifestyle of a godly mother. And that that she is saved by the grace of God. She has a testimony. She can say, I belong to the Lord. She can say, I am his. Can you say that tonight? Hannah could talk about a day when she became a child of the king. A day when she was saved. If you look with me, of course, at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies, because I rejoice in thy salvation. Notice the subject here. There's your own testimony. I rejoice in thy salvation. She knew she was saved. And then in chapter 2, verse 9, she mentions this. He will keep the feet of his saints. And she knew in her heart of hearts she was among that number. And I want to tell you tonight that I believe as a minister of the gospel that the best mothers throughout the country are those godly mothers who are saved, who have a testimony to the saving and keeping power of Christ. And those type of godly mothers who are saved with a testimony, they have the most profound impact upon the life of their children. And I, of course, believe that that's what Northern Ireland needs, a race of godly mothers who know and love the Lord. And if you're a young person tonight and you're listening, you're a boy or girl, and you've got a saved mummy, a, a, a godly mother, you don't despise your mother. Certainly don't treat her badly. Don't ever have her in tears. Don't leave her in a spirit of bitterness and brokenness because of your actions and your attitude and lifestyle. It's very sad, of course, that many young people despise their godly mothers and they ignore their advice and instruction. I remember years ago in Port Rush, whenever we were having an open air service and with the faith mission, there was a drunk man came up as I was preaching. He was going to be a nuisance. We actually thought he was going to fight. We thought he was going to punch me in the face. And uh, the late Tommy Sharkey out of Ballymoney, he came over and he put his arm around the man. And he said this to the man, and I remember it, what about your mother? And the man, of course, in his drunken state said to Sharkey, um, what do you know about my mother? Tommy Sharkey told him, I know she's a broken-hearted woman. I know she's sitting at home in tears. I know that she gives off to you when you come in. She has told you about the Lord. She has prayed for you that you might be saved. And you have ignored her advice and instruction. And she's a broken-hearted woman at home. And of course, the man broke down and started to cry. And Tommy gave him a tract. And whenever he was sober, he visited that man. And eventually had the joy of leading that man to the Lord. And the, the drunkard was delivered by the power of Christ in the gospel. And he was saved from the, the, the devil's buttermilk. 
And I want to say tonight, if you have a godly mother, you thank God. For I believe that's one of the most wonderful blessings in the whole world. Sadly, my mother died when I was young and I was brought up with a, an aunt outside Coleraine. She was a good aunt. Uh, she was a very gracious woman. But as far as I know, she didn't make any outward profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if she did know and love the Lord, she certainly never talked about it. But I believe it's a wonderful blessing. And if you have that, do not despise it. You delight in that and, and give thanks to God. Do you know that a boy in the Bible called Timothy had a godly mother and a godly grandmother? The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. You see, Timothy was led to the Lord as a teenager, I believe, by the apostle Paul. Paul talked about Timothy being his son in the faith. But I believe that behind the scenes, Timothy's mother did all the groundwork. She brought forth all the spiritual and godly instruction. Because we also read in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Timothy, as a boy, was taught not only to read and write the Word of God, but, but taught to memorize the Holy Scriptures. He was instructed in the things of God by his mother on his mother's knee. It's interesting that the old Jews, they, whenever they had children born into the home, they, they put a little dab of manuka honey in the child's mouth, and they also dabbed honey in the corner of the Hebrew Bible that they would have read from week by week. And of course, the uh, child's finger was dabbed in the honey. And then, of course, as it was dabbed in the honey, then it would have put the fingers into the mouth. And the child was taught that there's sweetness there in this book, that there's goodness in this book. And as, of course, the Bible is likened to honey. The Bible uh, is likened by the psalmist David to be sweeter than the honeycomb. I wonder tonight if you ever heard of a lady called Susanna Wesley. She is known as the mother of Methodism. She was a godly woman. And I'm sure that the Methodism of today could do with many Susanna Wesleys. She was the, the last child of 25 children. Imagine being born into a home where there's 25 children. Well, she was the last child. And uh, she, she married... Um, Samuel Wesley, uh, a dissenter of the established Church of England on the 11th of November, 1688. And she had 19 children. Large families in those days. We long for large families in our day. Sadly, 10 of them died in infancy, so wasn't that a very heavy cross to bear, ladies? But do you know that she had rules in the home? She taught her children to cry softly. They were not allowed to bawl and to roar. They had to eat all that was set before them. There was no leaving food in the plate and throwing it out in the bin. They were not allowed to make a lot of noise when they were playing. They were certainly not allowed to run and throw out the house. Um, the, 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 she didn't allow sin and wrong behavior to go unpunished. She had a rod. She believed in corporal punishment. Spare the rod and spoil the child was her motto. But of course, if they confessed their sin or wrong behavior, then they were spared from the rod. She had the responsibility 
for bringing up her children. And she taught the children to read. And they were all good readers by the age of five. And they had a love of books. And, and she schooled them. And she taught them to do chores and household duties. And their love for reading and their love for books, of course, brought them to the book of books. And, and she prayed for them individually. Did you know that John Wesley, one of her sons, he said this, and I quote, I have learned more about theology from my mother's knee than all the theologians in England. And I have no doubt that that was true of Charles as well. Of course, we do know how John Wesley was saved in the Aldergate Street in London. He went in there and there was a man reading from the preface of Luther's commentary on the book of Romans. And John Wesley testified as he sat and listened to the reading of that preface to having a heartwarming experience. He said his heart was spiritually warmed. This has nothing to do with emotionalism, nothing to do with sensationalism, nothing to do with the charismatic movement. In Luke 24, the Bible talks about spiritual heartburn, those that were returning from Jerusalem to Emmaus and a stranger called the Lord Jesus Christ talked with them along the way and they said did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way Susanna Wesley was a writer of many wise things and she wrote many letters and in one of her letters she wrote about the subject of justification by faith alone and she said that sadly in England in her day Many were subject to despair because they were looking more to self and not to the Savior and focusing on his sacrificial finished work on the cross. What about you as a mother tonight? Are you looking at yourself and you're not looking at the Savior? Are you thinking about yourself and not thinking about focusing on his sacrificial finished work of Christ? And having a testimony to the saving and keeping power of the blessed Redeemer? Are you depending tonight on the finished work of Christ? Do, do you have any interest in his blood sacrifice? Could I ask you, are you a saved woman? Are you a true believer? Here's a mother. And what did she call herself three times? The handmaid of the Lord. She says, I rejoice in thy salvation. She acknowledged that uh, the Lord keeps the feet of his saints. And of course, she didn't uh, count herself as a daughter of the devil. Here's the first godly characteristic, the first quality in the lifestyle of a godly woman, the salvation of a godly mother. The second thing I want to set before you is the supplications of a godly mother. You see, from the Bible, we learn that Hannah was a woman of prayer. Listen to verse 10. It says, and she was in bitterness of soul. Here's part of our text. And prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Underline those words, prayed unto the Lord. Now, how did she pray? Let me suggest tonight, if you follow with me very carefully, she prayed passionately. It says in verse 10, and she was in bitterness of soul. It tells us that she wept sore. She not only wept, but she wept sore. Hannah was a broken-hearted woman. She was a woman with a great burden. In fact, she tells us there that she poured out my soul before the Lord. So how did she pray? She prayed passionately. 
Did you know that she prayed passively? Look at verse 13 in your Bible. It says, now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. So much so that Eli thought she was drunk. He thought she was a daughter of the devil. He thought, how dare you come into the house of God with, with, with booze and your breath and to be intoxicated. Remember, this is the time of the judges and this is a day of great apostasy in the house of God. We, we've already read about Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and they were children of the devil. They, they were supposed to be priests of the Lord, but they were doing sinful practices even in the house of God and bringing the wrath of God upon the house of God. People, of course, doing what was right in their own eyes. But Hannah wasn't like that. And when she prayed, she prayed passively. That, that is, she only spake in her heart. There was no words. She wasn't loud. Her lips moved. She prayed pointedly. What did she ask the Lord for? It says in verse 11, But will give unto thine handmaid a man-child. She wanted the seed of man. She knew what she wanted. She wanted a son. She wanted a man-child. I believe she also prayed penitently. How did she address the Lord? O Lord of hosts. The word Lord is in capitals. The God of the covenant. She mentions here the affliction of thine handmaid. In other words, she humbled herself before the Lord. She was willing to take the, the, the sinner's place. She, she took the place of true humility. And of course, that's where we must get before the Lord. Remember in Luke 18, two men in the temple were praying. And one prayed and boasted that he was not like other men and told the Lord what he had done and what he had given. And another man prayed, uh, smoting upon his breast, wouldn't even lift his eyes and looked to the mercy seat and cried, God be merciful to me, the sinner. And true prayer, of course, has a penitent aspect to it. She also prayed purposefully. Why did she want this son? And the answer was told in verse 11, and I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. She prayed persistently. Notice it says in verse 11, and it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord. In other words, she didn't give up. She was going to pray on until the answer come. And of course, she, she prayed as well powerfully. Look at these words. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, you can feel the O being wrenched out of her heart. He, 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 here's a woman who believed that only the Lord could help her. And she meant every word. Her motivation was right. She was not being selfish. If you give me a son, Lord, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. And I want to address the woman of the church tonight. If you are listening in your homes, here's how we should pray. And I believe Ulster tonight needs such praying mothers. Mothers who will pray passionately and passively and pointedly and penitently and purposefully and persistently and pray powerfully and pray that their own children would especially come to Christ and that others would come to Christ. We're well aware tonight the devil's out to destroy Christian homes and Christian families. Many, sadly, children of Christian parents are far away from the Lord. 
Many have made an early profession that means very, very little to them tonight. Many sadly are a cold and backslidden state. Um, many this evening have given in to hedonistic theology and they have no time for God or the things of God and many are in the clutches of the devil and they're in the drink and they're in the drugs and they're in the party scene and they're really doing that which is right in their own eyes and, and, and their biggest sin is they're living independently of God they don't love the Lord with all their heart and soul and mind and strength and they're, they're, they're living in a state of unbelief and, and what do we do? Well, well, well here's the answer Notice what Hannah said. She said in verse 27, if we listen to the word of God, for this child I prayed, and the Lord had given me my petition that I asked of him. And I want to tell you the Bible teaches the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much in James chapter 5 and in the verse 17. And over there in 1 John uh, chapter 5 and in the verses 14 and 15, we uh, read there in the Holy Scriptures these words. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he heareth us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. You see, tonight, the Lord has not changed. I, I know that society has changed and I know that our lifestyle tonight has changed because of this COVID-19 virus. And I know that we're all changing because we live in a changing world. But let's remember tonight, the Lord is still the same. I am the Lord, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. And the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, says to his people, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. We need to keep praying. And praying, of course, until the answer comes. And, and, and like Hannah said, for this child I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition, which I asked him. Could you pray for your child to be saved tonight? Could you pray for your backslidden child to be restored? Will you pray in the way that Hannah prayed? Because here's the supplications of a godly mother. You may have heard of another godly mother in history called Eliza Spurgeon. She was the mother of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. She was... A Elisha Jarvis, and she married the Reverend John Spurgeon on the 3rd of May, 1815. He was a non-conformist. He was not allowed to preach in the Church of England. And um, Eliza Spurgeon, she had 19 children. And the eldest child was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And she Come before the Lord with a verse of scripture, and I'm going to read it to you now. This is her verse, Genesis 17, verse 18. It says, And Abraham said, O Lord, O that Ishmael might live before thee. Abraham was praying for Ishmael. Now, what did he mean? That Ishmael might live before thee. Ishmael, remember, was already physically alive. What was he praying for? I believe he was praying for spiritual life. Ishmael was born to Christian parents who loved the God of Israel, who was born into a Christian home. But being born into a Christian home doesn't make you a Christian. God, remember, has no grandchildren. And because your parents are saved, a godly mother, a godly father, that doesn't apply to you as an individual. You, like all the children of men, are born spiritually dead. And you need a spiritual resurrection. 
Spiritually without Christ and without the grace of God and without the new birth, you're like a corpse. The Bible says, and you have they quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And there's many tonight totally dead in trespasses and sins. Their intellect is dark and they, they can't understand the things of God. They can't see it. They, they, their emotions are deceived. They have no interest or desire for God or the things of God. Their, 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 their will is dead. They, they would never choose Christ. Think of a corpse. A corpse can't move. And yet here's Hannah. And she prayed before the Lord. For a man child. And Susanna Wesley prayed before the Lord. And, and, and she prayed like Abraham said unto God. Oh that Ishmael might live before thee. Well she prayed oh that Charles might live before thee. Oh Lord that you might raise him spiritually from the dead. Lord that you might give him life. And of course one of my favorite verses is. John 10 and 10. I am come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. And you know, she prayed a very unusual prayer for Charles. This is what she prayed. Remember, he's her eldest. Now, Lord, if one of my children go on in their sins, it will not be because of ignorance that they perish in hell. And in that day, my soul will witness against them in the day of judgment. I don't believe she was being harsh, callous, I don't believe she was a cold-hearted mother. I believe she was a goodly, caring mother, a, a wise mother. She knew about the reality of heaven. She knew about the terribleness of hell, a place where the worm dieth not, a place of outer darkness, a place where the fire is not quenched. And you know what pierced Charles Haddon Spurgeon's heart? Um, on Sunday at the age of 16, on a snowy day, Remember in Colchester, went into that little church, only a handful of people, a lay preacher reading from the Bible, quoting that text about 15 times, Isaiah 45 and 22, look unto me and be ye saved. And he said, young man, you look miserable, and look unto me and, and be ye saved. You young people tonight who are listening, you need to be converted. You need to be saved. If you're a man in your middle years and you don't know Jesus Christ or a woman in your middle years, then you need to repent and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're well advanced in years and you're listening tonight and you're not saved, you're not in a right relationship with the Lord, then you may not have much time left. And the Bible says, behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Life is short. And yet even if you reach a hundred, I remember reading a story of a man called Luke Short on his hundredth birthday. Birthday. He had heard the great John Flavel preach. He left England when he was 15 and went to America. And as he sat under a tree celebrating his 100th birthday, a text of scripture that he had learned in that church, that he had heard from the lips of John Flavel, and the Holy Ghost applied it to his heart. And, and he was gloriously saved. You see, Hannah prayed like a desperate woman. And she distinguished herself as a woman of prayer because this is the way that she prayed. And I would encourage you when you think about the supplications of a godly woman and you're wondering, how can I pray? I would encourage you to pray like Hannah, to pray like Susanna Wesley, to say before the Lord, oh, that your child might live before him. To be able to say with Hannah, even as we read there in the verse 27, for this child I prayed. If you're a saved mother, 
And your child's living in the world without a knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord, as Lord and Savior, without a testimony to his saving and keeping power. Then you get down on your knees tonight and you pray for him that the Lord will speak to him because the Lord answers prayer. Listen to Hannah again. And the Lord has given me my petition, which I asked of him. The Lord hears and answers prayer. Think tonight as we close of the sacrifices of a godly woman. Remember Hannah vowed a vow unto the Lord. And what was that vow? But if thou will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. After the Lord had answered prayer, we read in the Holy Scriptures in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 24. And when she had weaned him, so Samuel's now a young boy. He's been born and raised up from babyhood. He's now walking and talking. Uh, we're not sure exactly what age he was. He, he may have been four or five. He may have been seven or eight. It says, and when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. See, before Samuel was conceived, she vowed this vow. And in the process of time, years had passed. The child is now young. And here she is. She kept her vow. She gave her best to the Lord. She gave all that she had to the Lord. How could she do this? Well, here's the answer. She first gave herself to the Lord. I don't believe she could have given her son to the Lord or surrendered her son to the Lord if she had not surrendered herself to the Lord. And remember what we read over there in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 12, and the verses 1 and 2, the apostle Paul, having given uh, 11 chapters of the doctrine of justification by faith alone, began to say this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, acceptable unto God with your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm well aware that there's many discouragements in relation to mother bringing up children. I'm well aware that there's many lean years and I recognize the sacrifices that mothers make and many of them go without physically so their child's needs are met. Many of them go without even spiritually so their child's needs can be met. I, I think of those that come to the house of God here and they, they sit with their children, they watch their children, they attend to the baby crying. And sometimes I know that you mothers would have went home from the church and wonder why I was there. What was really the point? And, and of course, many are not so sympathetic as they ought to be. And they, they ought to be a bit more thoughtful. And I realize that there are days and times of discouragement. But I want to thank you for coming. And especially you young mothers. And let's pray for more young mothers with children. And I know that there's many disciplines. And, and there's disciplines to do with yourself. And, and disciplines to do with siblings. And you need to embrace spiritual habits. And you need to embrace spiritual happiness. 
But those discouragements and those disciplines give way to this great devotion. When you first give yourself to the Lord, when your heart is right, you do not murmur, you do not grumble, you know that you live in that day when you'll give an account to the Lord. The Bible says so every one of us will give an account of himself to the Lord. Hannah described herself as thine handmaid, and she knew that she would give an account to the Lord for her motherhood. Whenever Eliza Spurgeon died and was being buried there in Queen's Road in Croydon, and they were having the funeral service and the tombstone was being erected. This is the text of scripture that Charles insisted was put on the tombstone for his mother. And it says in Revelation 14 verse 13, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. In labor, there's many discouragement, many disciplines, many devotions. And listen to these words. And their works to follow them. And what was her work? To give herself to pray for her boy. Oh, that Charles might live before thee. And of course, the Lord heard and answered that prayer. See him with John. And, and, and there they were. And they could testify that, that, that the Lord had did a saving work in their heart. Tonight, as we close, are you in Christ? You can die in your sins, Jesus said. If you die in your sins where I am, there you cannot be. And if you die in your sins, you'll go into that awful place called hell where the fire is not quenched, where there's outer darkness, where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But for those in Christ, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. One day you'll die. That could be sooner rather than later. There's people dying already of this COVID-19. We wouldn't want you to catch that terrible disease. We don't want you to die in your sins. We point you to the Christ. We were singing at the start, hallelujah, what a savior. And we pray that you'll come to know him and you'll experience salvation. Whether you're a godly mother, a young person, a man or a woman, you, you'll learn to pray. Uh, you'll hunger for the word of God and you'll make many sacrifices in light of that day when you'll give an account to him who will judge the world in righteousness. The Lord bless you this evening. Thank you for listening. We appreciate that very, very much.